Hello, and welcome to Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We are going to hear stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine, here. So today I wanted to talk about the importance of documenting to CYA, especially when you think there is nothing going on, right? So I'm going to explain what I mean by this, and we're going to dive deeper into this. And I became aware of this because there was a news article out and they're bringing this topic back up. Before we hop into that, I want to remind you who I am. If you don't know, it will be an introduction. My name is Katherine Moore. I am a social worker based out of California, and I've been social working since 2009. I'm the host of this lovely podcast. I also do career coaching for social workers. I do mental health presentations as well as private therapy, and I have a couple courses that I put together for clinical social workers. So that is just a little bit about me. And we have been starting these clinical Thursdays. So I asked you in December of 2023, what is it that you need going forward? How can I help you reach your goals in 2024? And a lot of you said that you wanted more support around clinical skills. So here we are doing a short little episode on Thursdays around clinical skills. And I saw this news article that came out. So I'm recording this on, what day is it? January 30th. So all of the information that I have available is current as of January 30th. What I'm going to be talking about is how they had the school counselor in the trial for the Oxford High School shooting that happened November 30th of 2021. In a nutshell, if you're not familiar with this case, there was a teenager, I believe he was 17 at the time. He ended up shooting and killing four students and he injured seven others when he brought a gun to school and opened fire in his on his students. And it's interesting to me because he, well, for a lot of reasons, but one thing that stood out to me most is that he actually met with the school counselor and his parents that morning in the office. So this all came about because there had been teachers emailing the school counselor about their concern about this kid's behavior, drawing uh, violent images. The math teacher that day let the school counselor know about him drawing on his math paper and he drew like guns and saying that, um, basically asking for help essentially. And he drew a bullet and blood and there was a bunch of different things going on on his math paper. So he wasn't even keeping this a secret. So the teacher emailed the counselor, the counselor called in the parents 
And this was not the first time that the counselor had been aware of this particular individual. And he had gotten emails from other people before. And the counselor never really even met with the kid individually in his own office. It was just more of a passing by, you know, reaching out to him saying, hey, if you need anybody, I'm here. We can talk if you want. And that was it. And that morning on November 30th, 2021, he called the mom in after what they saw on the math paper and had a talk with him and said, you know, I highly recommend that you seek mental health support for him as soon as possible today, that you should go home and get him some mental health support today. And the mom said, no, we have work today and we won't be able to do this today and sent the kid back to class. And they didn't send the kid home because there was no disciplinary actions against him. And unfortunately, that day, he ended up killing four of his classmates. And it just reminds me how you and I as social workers have to be so diligent about documenting everything, even the things that don't seem very important at the time, an email from a teacher, right? We get emails all the time, but it's important to document the emails coming in because they show a history of behavior. They're going to be there to show, you know, that you were doing your due diligence, that he did talk with him in the hallway, right? If he didn't document this, if he didn't document this conversation, there's really no proof or he probably would not be able to remember a day, a specific date that he spoke with the student if it was a couple months ago, right? And documenting all of these things are going to be so important because you and I never know when we could get pulled into a national trial. And I'm not trying to scare you because I know that you will be okay. I'm just reiterating the importance of really just making a note every time that you interact with people, every time that you have a conversation with them, every time that you get information about them, every time that you make a call. So it's so, so important to make sure you are on top of these things. And it can just be a quick little note. It doesn't have to be a whole thing. A quick little note is better than no little note. All right. So that is it for today. If you are looking for more support around your clinical skills as far as doing a proper assessment, doing documentation, really using the correct interventions for what it is that you're doing in session, and documenting the progress that your clients are making in session. Also, if you're looking for extra support around cognitive behavioral therapy, I have one course that covers this all. Yes, it's a lot. It is a big course and is definitely worth the investment. I put this together specifically for you to help you bridge that gap between the support that you get in grad school and now being out in the real world. With this course, it puts everything together. So it puts the theories together that you learned in grad school and how to implement them in the real world, what you're doing right now. So the beauty with this course is right away, you can begin implementing what it is that you're learning. I give you over 20 worksheets and cheat sheets that you can use for yourself and also for your clients to make sure that you are providing the best 
possible service that you are protecting yourself as well as protecting your clients in the process. If you want more information on that, it's called the Clinical Essentials for the Future Therapist. This is for you if you are new to the field, if you're working individually with clients, if you have your bachelor's degree, if you have your master's degree, and you just need more support around those clinical skills. It's also good for you if you're transitioning back into the clinical field. So a lot of people who have signed up for the course have done macro work or they have been outside of the traditional clinical social work and they just need a refresher on those skills. This is the course for you, my friend. It is an investment, but it is definitely worth it. And I do offer payment plans. So I'm really, really trying to work with you. I don't want payment to be a barrier in accessing this information, especially if it's going to serve you, your career, and your clients. So with that, I will be back on Sunday talking about how to defy the odds through taking action. See you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe and text this episode to a friend. If you want more, there are a few ways we can get to know each other and work together. First, definitely subscribe to the Friday resource email list. The link is in the show notes. And that's where you can learn more about the courses I offer, including clinical essentials, for the future therapist, and the Pulse Basics for medical social workers. I'll also be sending out occasional tips and resources and other happenings within the social work industry. And for all your clinical supervision needs, be sure to visit risedirectory.com. This is a national directory of clinical supervisors for social workers, and we also provide free resources that you can use within your own clinical supervision. Lastly, if you have more individualized needs, I do offer coaching, individual consultations, and am available for public speaking engagements for social workers and change makers. Lastly, the boring legal stuff, but very important. The information in this podcast is not meant to be a supplement for therapy, professional advice, or clinical supervision. This content is provided as is solely for informational purposes. It is not legal, health, or safety advice. I am not advising you as a therapist. Organizations should engage their own experts to ensure any adoptive measures are compliant with applicable laws and standards in their jurisdictions. The opinions expressed by individuals or organizations are their own and do not reflect the views or opinions of Social Workers Rise or Catherine Moore. References to specific products or organizations do not constitute any endorsement or recommendations by Social Workers Rise.